Welcome, citizens. I'm Allie Grauer. And I'm Drew Merzieski. And, and this, this is Warda. Quiet Year is a map game by Avery Alder. You define the struggles of a post-apocalyptic community and attempt to build something good within their quiet year. Every decision and every action is set against a backdrop of dwindling time and rising concern. The game is played using a deck of cards. Each of the 52 cards corresponds to a week within the quiet year. Each card triggers certain events, bringing bad news, good omens, project delays, and sudden changes in luck. At the end of the quiet year, the Frost Shepherds will come, ending the game. We sat down to play the quiet year with our friends Cap and Nitai. You may know Cap from the Nerdy Show Network, and Nitai from being around the Warder community and live streams on Twitch. We decided to tweak the quiet year to encompass not just one year, but several. That way we could have more flexibility with the time span. The game we played was epic. A lot of plot twists happened that we never anticipated, and it was all thanks to the randomness of the cards and the brilliant imaginations of Cap and Nitai. We couldn't have done it without them. However, some of the audio was bad. There was a bad microphone cord, and worse came to worse, and it wasn't usable. However, we decided to give this game the finale treatment. That is to say, we scripted it, re-recorded it, and produced it for you, here. The year is 4820, and the glimpse is humanity rising. Part 1 First Spring, 4820 I apologize for the inaccuracy of some of these dates. The last few years have been difficult on many of us, and I must admit that keeping up with what day it is has been secondary to the need for food and shelter. We have so little. That I even have this journal is by dumb luck. I just happened to find it in an abandoned commerce guild building, and I figured that since I have it, I should put it to good use. Honestly, no use seems better than for me to write an accurate account of what is happening. But I am getting ahead of myself. For a long time, we were at war with the Fae. Not a war of blades or arrows, but a war of ideals and society, of scarcity and condensation. Now, finally, through grit, hard work, and not a little bit of luck, we've carved a space for ourselves in Armengrad. A place where they have no dominion over us. A place to call our own. But I'd be a fool to think that it can last. One day, they will come for us. One day, they will find our freedom too intolerable and come to put us back in our place. But until then, we are free. And our place is here, with perhaps enough time to prepare. Ram says that there is no way any of the Fey factions could muster a force to oust us immediately. We probably have a few years before they would dare to. Radovan thinks it will be less but I am optimistic. I say they'll leave us alone because we're humans. We don't seem important to them until we do something really dangerous or stupid. A bit about who we are. Catherine Clark. This is me. I'm just me. Nothing special. Almost 23, wandering Armengrad these past six years with no plan other than to try to make sure me and my people are fed. I have a small group of people around me who seem to listen to what I say. I prefer that they do. If anyone needs to make the hard choices, then it should be me. Better to have one person to blame than let the entire system crumble because you couldn't make a collective decision. Anyway, that's me. Lindsay Seamshire. 
Lindsay and I were the first ones of our merry little band. I found her right after Stormfall and nursed her back to health. She's old, like 40 or something, but so strong. I'm jealous because there's no way I'm going to be that strong when I'm her age. She has these silly notions about communal governance, though. She'll talk your ear off if you let her. People seem to like what she says, though. She has lots of support among the people who follow us around. Ram Sionis. A hafji Nayadi and a decent person, but he's got the spine of a jellyfish. I'm not sure what his age is, since he ages funny. Most of the half-genes we encounter flock to him. He's charismatic in that old fay kind of way. Lots of humans seem to want to like what he says, too. I think if we gave him enough rope, he'd put it around our necks and let the fay pull on it again. He won't betray us, though. He's too smart for that. Radovan. I've known him for years. He used to be a thug or a mercenary or something. Whatever he was, he's known to be violent and enjoys a good fight. My father would have loved him. He leads a group of hotheads that run with us as our protection. Personally, there are a few skipped meals from becoming our biggest problem. There are so many of us now. Half a decade ago, it was just Ram, Radovan, Lindsay and myself, and now there are almost 1,500 of us. We are not an army or anything so formal. Just a group of humans moving from ward to ward while the face squabble, destroying themselves from the inside out, redistributing their power. Let them squabble. While they grab for more power, we've been able to move unnoticed, even often unchallenged. Our current predicament is a perfect example. We are currently securing Mudapple Grove as a place where we can begin to set down our roots. It is a testament to how cagged the city has become. We barely even have any weapons, but we were able to evict the Fae and bring the other humans in the area into our group. The whole zone is now ours. I just hope we can keep it. Middle Spring, 4820. I haven't written in a while. Not a true entry, I mean. Lots of notes in here and there, and I've started keeping a more public journal just in case someone cares later on. This journal, though, is for me. I wanted to get my thoughts down on a few things and not worry about who's going to read it later. Things are progressing well. We have a few seasons under our belt, and it seems like we're going to survive out here. No trouble from the fake currently. In fact, the ones we run across seem glad there is a place the dirty humans can go, rather than wandering into their country villas. We've set up our settlement here in the centre of Mudapple. We're mostly a collection of tents and lean-tos, living off scraps and Lindsay's promises of a better tomorrow. We're stable, though, and that's about all we can ask for right now. More soon. First Autumn, 4820 Autumn chill is in the air, and I could not sleep another night in cold mud. Radovan took some of his thugs and scouted out the areas close to our main camp. Turns out, it's not as dangerous as we thought. We found an old abandoned Commerce Guild chapter house and converted it into the centre of our community. It's big enough for a few hundred of us to sleep in at night. We take shifts, rotating in and out so we can at least get a few nights good sleep during the span. It's so funny, though. If you had told me I'd have an office in a guild-sanctioned building ten years ago, I would have laughed in your face. But here we are, and here I am, sitting at a desk and writing. We've been through a good deal these past seasons. We keep gathering people. Most of them are refugee groups escaping the factions. Others are wanderers like we were. But regardless of where they came from, more people means we need more food and more shelter. Well. Better shelter, anyway. We don't want much for smishy shelters around here with all the abandoned buildings, but the food is another story. We get by, but I hope no one ever sees the ledgers of how low we are on about everything. We'd probably have to deal with riots. Lindsay suggests that we try to raise people's spirits somehow. She has this crazy idea about that old monument out on the cliffs. We took a hike out to that old monument that I was talking about. They call it the Light Spear or the Light Spire. It's some kind of fey landmark from the time of Armin. I remember seeing pictures of it in a book my father got me when I was a girl. Father always called it Olgar's Prick, and, well, it looks like it could be. Not that I tend to imagine what's in the deer's pants. 
Anyway, I think Lindsay is onto something about this monument to our community thing. We could clean up this prick, maybe trim some of the foliage, turn it presentable, and then maybe make it into something that represents us, and not the protruding, everlasting reminder of the dare's immortal virility. But it's going to take a while. No truly great phallus was spruced up in a day. Latter Spring, 4820. Sorry again for the gap, but something important happened today. Radovan came to us, to the council, that is. That's what we decided to call ourselves with some dire projections. His scouts have noticed a good deal of desperate fay have started sniffing at our borders like mangy alley dogs. He thinks they think we're a herd of weak humans holding up here for a while. He says that he thinks they are either waiting for us to move along or testing our boundaries. There have been a few altercations. No one has died, thank Armin. But we are going to need more protection than Radovan's scouting parties and a few blades and bows. Since we're over 6,000 people now, we've decided to form an official militia. Fighting people dedicated solely to keeping this... whatever this is... safe. Also, the idea of a border barrier has been thrown about. We have the numbers and the materials to do it, it just depends on what we think is more important. My Lara is on the barrier. Lindsay and Radovan think the soldiers are more what we need right now, and Ram? <sighs> Ram wants nothing to do with this. He seems to think that taking up arms will make us more of a target. I keep telling him we already are a giant target. This'll just make us one that can shoot back. Notes. Gobbins were found in the caves in the south of Mudapple Grove. They appear to be hoping to hide out while the change is happening, or at least that's what they tell us. They offered their services in exchange for food. We've decided to leave them be, for now. But they might come in handy later. Second Autumn, 4820. Over the past season or so, we have been hearing unsettling rumours from the settlements outside the general vicinity of the hall. It started as whispers. We'd all heard them, but didn't believe them. But as time has progressed, it has become clear that the weak and the elderly are being systematically killed and removed from the communities. Bodies are being found dumped as far away from the central settlement as possible. Weirdly enough, they haven't tried to hide the dead, just remove them. We're not sure exactly how it's happening, but it is, and it's grisly. The total is now up to 50 from all over Mudapple. Men, women, children of various backgrounds. The only unifying factor being that they were sick, or weak, or too old to work. The news has shaken us. Ram, in particular. He brought up the topic of unified leadership again, but not as a council. He thinks that we need a single ruler, and I tend to agree with him somewhat. We do need someone in charge. Someone who can make decisions so that we can do something other than just talk. Ram thinks it should be someone like the Fae, but I don't think we want to escape from them just to crawl back when times are tough. But if we continue to waste time on debate like this, we may never get anything done. Strong leadership is necessary. Perhaps even desperately so. Lindsay feels that this chaos is our fault. That the council has been too divided to see the real problems. We yelled at each other about that for a while before the militia issue was brought up again. Then all we could do was scream about that. We're doing the best we can, but none of us are really used to this kind of leadership. But first, one thing at a time. The militia. My problem with all this is that we're not fighters except for Radovan, and he couldn't teach if his life depended on it, but if we do go through with this, then we will be putting him in charge. Do we want that? True Winter, 4820. Cold today. So much so that we packed the hall with people to stay warm. Since we had so many in one place, we thought we might as well do an impromptu community meeting. We had an old man come forward during the meeting, probably in his fifties, but still strong, like Lindsay. We were discussing the militia's progress, or lack thereof, and Lindsay opened up the meeting to everyone not just the designated representatives from the different settlements. This old man was the first to stand up. He told us he used to be a fighting man, although he didn't elaborate. He just said that he'd killed a lot of fae and a lot of humans, and that he could see we were struggling. He said, I've seen corruption at every level of this city, and I refuse to let that kind of sickness enter into what we're building here. 
he offered to help train the militia. We, the council, that is, we agreed to let him do his thing, but under supervision. His past may be questionable, but his experience will be invaluable, I think. Also, we discussed the Light Spire project. The plan was to clean it up, but the more we see it, the more we are reminded of the Fae that lorded over us. Maybe we can change it into a different symbol of some kind. Something to become a beacon of hope, rather than a reminder of the past. We will see. Oh yes. And happy first day time, next span. First summer, 4821. We've been attacked. Maybe. Council just got out regarding a weather disturbance out in the northwest of our territory, a large cyclone. Not stormfall big, thankfully, but just enough to be a problem. We had some property damage and a few deaths, sadly, but nothing we can't recover from. We're sending a scouting party to see if they can find anything in the area that might implicate the Accordance or the United Pact. Weather weapons are not something I would put past them, even after they signed that thinning weather weapon ban. If it was them, then by Armin I'll swear I'll make them pay for it. Update. Turns out an abandoned weather engine was the culprit. It must have malfunctioned at a lower altitude and did its thing. A scouting party found it amid the wreckage of the settlement it destroyed. We're pulling it back to the hall for study. We're calling up anyone we know who has engineering experience. If we are smart about this, we might be able to salvage it, or at least use parts of it. If we do get it up and running, it could be very interesting. I'll need to brainstorm some ideas for Lindsay by the next council meeting. First Spring, 4821. Radovan has returned with his report from some of the outer areas. We sent him and a few of his best to see if they could find anything of interest. Now that we have our resident military instructor, we tried giving him a title like commander, but he insists we just call him Thorn, leading our newly formed militia, the council felt confident to let him go wander a bit. It was nice not hearing him and Ram scream at each other for a few days. But I digress. Radovan says that Dogwood Ditch remains relatively empty. There are a few Fey factory owners who are trying to lord it over the remaining humans and half-genes, but nothing else substantial. Radovan suggests we take the area by force as soon as possible. Strike while the iron is hot kind of deal, you know? I agreed, and the rest of the council did too. Our militia is headed to perhaps its first conflict. I hope it goes smoothly. Ladder Spring, 4821 Dogwood Ditch is liberated! It may have taken a season, but our militia performed flawlessly and we were able to oust the Fey Overseers, giving the humans there just a taste of something I like to call freedom. We are in the middle of our celebrations. Lindsay's about to give a speech, but I just wanted to stop and write my thoughts down. I'm beyond joyous about this. We might actually pull this whole new community thing off! We might actually make a place where humans can live in peace! Second Autumn, 4821. <sighs> I always loved Autumn in the upper wards. The crisp air, the feel of being cosy in your coat, and the crunch of leaves underfoot. That's not what Autumn is like down here. After all, this place is called Mudapple for a reason. This place is cold and wet and mucky, and that's on a good day. Anyway, I'm not here to complain about the weather. We had a visitor show up the other night. We had a cag-and-fine storm that dumped a smish load of rain on us, and during the worst of it, when the rain was slashing and the lightning was crashing, an elderly brownie doctor was discovered by a militia patrols. We brought him in, much to Radovan's consternation, and we fed him and asked him his name, Dr. Churish Ambleston, and got him a place to stay. Under guard, of course. It was the only way Radovan would shut up. I mean, I get why. I certainly don't trust him, but that doesn't mean we need to be rude. Since he's been here, we've had a few meetings on him. Like always, nothing has been decided yet, but it came to a head today. I don't have time to write down the entire meeting as I have to meet with Camp 3 over some dispute they're having with Camp 10, but we came to the decision to allow the Brownie to stay. At least for now. Notes I hate to say yes with conditions, but at what point do we allow other Fae in? 
If we allow them entry to learn from his experience and his doctor's training only to turn him out again, then we are no better than the Fae who used us. Should we continue to amass allies in this manner? Or should we continue to fight for our own prisons? Second Autumn, 4821 It went from cold and rainy to being cold and icy. Sometimes I hate this place. True winter will be upon us soon. So lots happened during the span. We've been hearing lots of murmuring about true winters down here. Last year's was pretty bad, but we got by just by the tips of our fingers. This year, it looks like it could be worse. Food is as scarce as hope around the camps. People are worried that we won't make it to first summer. Especially since we took on most of the refugees from Dogwood Ditch. Apparently, winning the war was the easy part. It's the logistics of feeding and housing 15,000 more people that will really kill you. But we do have a bit of good news, or at least the opportunity for good news. We had another one of our larger community meetings. They are becoming more and more popular. And during it, we brought up the food issue. There were lots of ideas, many of them bad ones. But there was one girl, Kingswin Miller, I believe her name was, who suggested that we send some of our members down into Harbour Haven. At first, I was reluctant to commit to another campaign for liberation, not so soon after our last one and so close to true winter, but Kingswin believes that we won't need to start one. She says that much of the farmland in Harbour Haven has been abandoned once the Agrarian Guild collapsed. She thinks she can persuade the communities there to join us and send food over true winter and when summer arrives, perhaps start some new communities of our own. It is intriguing, the thought of expanding by settling rather than conquest. I'm personally curious if she can really do it. Update. Council just adjourned. Looks like Kingswin Miller is going to get her wish. She's been allotted some equipment and two battalions of soldiers along with any settlers she can muster. Lindsay says she won't have trouble finding those. Apparently, she's had this idea for a while and already people among her followers are eager to go. For all our stomachs, I really hope this works. True Winter, 4821 It's technically Armentine right now. Back when I was younger, we'd be celebrating, but it's been years since I actually enjoyed an Armentine. This year, looks like it will be no different. Complicated goings-on are going on here in our independent republic. Or at least that's what Lindsay is calling it. Do you remember all those killings we learned about? Someone was out there killing the weak, the old, and the sick among us. Well, thanks to our militia and a bit of a stricter curfew, those calmed down, but it appears that they were still going on. Radovan was enraged when he heard about it and begged the council to let him go out and see if he could find these monsters. We let him go, and he took some of his best scouts with him. Seems it only took him about a span before they were able to apprehend those responsible. I can't believe I'm writing this, but it was a religious group. We are still gathering all the details, but from what I can surmise, these people have been studying some kind of old book made of metal that describes a god from before the God's War. A human god, no less. Some kind of deity of strength that blesses the strong and only the strong. These religious crazy hats were so afraid their god was punishing us for having weak people among us, so they did us the favor of removing them. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Every word of it, Lindsay tried talking me down after we heard about it, but I can't get over it. Not about the death thing. Father made sure I'd never be made uncomfortable by death. No, I'm flabbergasted because they had proof. Proof that we had gods before Amen. Before the Seelie. Lindsay has the text with her now, but if what they are saying is true, this could be a turning point. 4822 First Summer, 4822 I've spent the good part of the rest of last season and this one studying the book, and it's undeniable. The text is legitimate. We have shown them to several of the historical experts we've 
got among us, and while most of them admit that this is beyond their skill level, the general conclusion is that, against all odds, this is an actual text from before the time of the Fae. This is our actual history. A real history, just sitting there, in front of us. We've all taken turns studying the book, and the Council is united in our decision to use this knowledge to our advantage. In what way, we are not quite sure yet, but we're not idiots. Religion is a powerful tool when used correctly, and when it also happens to be true, well then, that's when you'd better watch out. First Spring, 4822 We've each had a copy of the text made for us. I must have read this thing at least 20 times, but every time I read it, I find it fascinating. I can't stop looking over it. I'll wake up in the dead of night just to read another passage, just to make sure I didn't read it wrong the night before. Still, I was a little disappointed to learn that this was a forgery. Well, not a forgery, a copy. We had a metallurgist come and look at the original text we found from the cultists, and we've determined that the book we found off the cult to be a copy and not the original text. Looking at it now, it seems obvious. For one, it's in our language, and second, our metallurgist friend tells us that these metal sheets are not 4,000 years old. They have been made in the last 200 years. What the original is, and where it is, we cannot guess. But regardless, the knowledge in the text is true. We are learning new words, new details about what our ancestors believed. For example, the god in question has several names, all of which are unwieldy and confusing, but the council has come to a general agreement to call it by its most common title. Apparently, ancient humans called the god the dragon. There are passages of descriptions, the most prevalent being of a serpent, or something of a reptilian nature, but massive. We are not sure if this is actually what the god looked like, or perhaps it's just a symbol for it. The text ends abruptly after about 60 pages. But the dragon was powerful. That is undeniable. I guess that's our mission now. The dragon was at one time the Lord of Heaven, the bringer of strength and power. It's up to us to make the dragon powerful again. It will be our symbol of strength and unity once more. Middle Spring, 4822 We've spent the last few seasons spreading word about the dragon. Small things at first, whispers and rumours, but mostly it has grown. Already people are talking about making a church, asking where they can worship, what days are holy days, and what they can do to get involved. However, not all the news about the dragon has been good. Ram is increasingly concerned about what we should do with the cultists. We believe we've rounded up the majority of them, and we have curtailed any dissenting voices when it comes to what the dragon actually stands for, but Ram thinks this is not good enough. Actually. Ram is against this entire religion thing, but that's just because he thinks the Seely are actually gods. I wish he'd grow up. Anyway, Ram is all for banishing the cultists out of the Independent Republic, but I don't think that that will be a permanent answer. Radovan and Lindsay have thrown the word execution about a lot since we imprisoned them. I don't want to see these crazy hats walk, but I'm not sure that execution is the precedent we want to set here. It sounds too much like the first conclusion my father would have come to, and if I've learned anything, it's to do exactly the opposite of what he would have done. First Autumn, 4822 It's been a lot of time since I wrote. Lots going on. The initial fervour of the dragon seems to have died down a bit. I say that, but it seems like we have a new flare-up every other day. But I don't want to talk about the dragon. It's all we've talked about for most of this year. I'd rather instead talk about some of the other projects we've got going on. I've been in communication with Kingswind down in Harbour Haven over the past year, and her reports are promising. When they arrived, our settlers found huge swaths of land unguarded and unclaimed. Or at least they were unclaimed. Now they are part of the Independent Republic of Humanity. This year has been a rousing success for them. And for us. 
I'm not sure we would have survived last winter without them sending food to us. These fledgling settlements are already taken root under Kingswind's guidance. She has done an incredible job. With true winter only a few seasons away, we dispatched several battalions of our militia to begin securing more of the surrounding area for the Republic. We've had bloodless victories so far. We will see how far we can push ourselves before the Fae begin to get worried. Until then, I think we can secure most of Harbour Haven. Maybe a little bit more. Ladder Spring, 4822. Kingswin has sent me a curious anecdote in her reports, which I have just finished reading. Apparently, she encountered a large Lindworm out in the woods outside her village in Harbour Haven. She was out travelling to the next settlement, something she tells me she does alone, since the countryside is so safe without the fay around. And she decided to rest under a tree. She was about to sit when, out of nowhere, this Lindworm descends from the branches to greet her. She writes that it was massive, at least twenty feet long, and as big around as a cedar log. She froze. But the creature just stared at her with its white eyes, its arms dangling in front of it. She was worried that it might be hostile, but it stared at her, then slowly dropped into the grass at her feet and slithered away. She said she even touched it as it slinked away into the grass. Frankly, that sounds unbelievable, but I trust Kingswin. I think I will ask her to pass this story along to those around her. There may be something in this. True Winter, 4822 This year is almost done. By next span we will be back into first summer and I can't even comprehend how far we have come. This time three years ago we were desperate refugees wandering the almost lawless streets of the lower wards. And now we are a community that is thriving. Everywhere I see signs of our humanity waking up. We are rediscovering our culture, attempting to define ourselves without the aid of the Fae. I've never seen such happy human children in my life. I just hope that it lasts. First Spring, 4823. So apparently, nothing good lasts. I knew this, I just hoped that this season of goodness we were having was going to stretch out a bit longer. Our last first summer was incredibly peaceful, but all that changed when one of the cult leaders killed the guard of his cell. We've ignored these people for far too long, and after that, we decided that there was only one course of action. So today, this rainy first spring day, we executed the leaders of the cult at the base of the light spire. Sorry, the serpent spire. Lindsay had it renamed, now that the word of the dragon has spread far enough that it's catching hold, even in our Harbour Haven settlements. It's been a rain-soaked day, but even standing at the base of the serpent spire, drenched, the Council of the Republic judged them in the name of our new state-approved god, and Lindsay called our judgement to the people. Death. But in a surprise twist I can only assume Lindsay knew about, but forgot to tell us, she said that we were not without mercy, and that the true judge was the dragon. She had each of the leaders bitten by a Lindworm and declared that if they were innocent, the dragon would spare them. They were decidedly not innocent. I'd like to say that. I'll never forget their faces, as their muscles contorted and spasmed with Lindworm venom, but I know that in time, it will pass, drowned out by the roar of the crowd as they chanted the name of the dragon in the pelting rain. I wonder if we've made the right choice, trying to use this dragon to our own ends. Amen help us if we're wrong. Second Summer, 4823 Second Summer has been such a joy after last season's constant rain. I took a walk along the canal today to clear my head. I haven't really felt like myself since we executed the cultists. I honestly know it was the right thing to do, but something about it hasn't set right with me. Maybe it was the cheering. Or maybe it's how calling someone a beguiling snake, after their leader Biggle, has become a slur. 
I wonder if we're being careful enough with this whole Republic thing. Is it getting out of hand? Lindsay suggested I take this walk, and I was going to, but I find myself heading off to see the deployment of our troops into Hartwood Half. Progress marches on even when Catherine Clark gets a bit of a brain fog. Radovan has been after the Council all year for another liberation campaign, and last span the Council approved this request, this time into Hartwood Half. I'm hoping that this one goes as smoothly as Dogwood or Harbour Haven. We can't really afford to come up across a major resistance right now, but either way, the fresh meat and animal products we can harvest from Hartwood Half would be much appreciated. I think we are all getting tired subsisting on a diet of vegetable bread and crickets. Ram continues to be sceptical of all this rapid expansion. I hate to admit it, but his reticence will have to be addressed soon. His poor attitude is disrupting the council, and by disrupting the council, he disrupts the Republic. More importantly, his constant whining is annoying. I've come to realize that I believe in this Republic. I may have my misgivings, but this place, this idea we are trying, I believe that it can work. Middle Spring, 4823. We've received our first emissaries from a neighbouring area. Unfortunately, it is not the neutral wards. The Fey overseers in Ashhaven sent a flight of pixies with requests for treaties and peace accords. We found this odd, as we have sent no troops, nor been hostile towards them as of yet. Apparently, they are being proactive. Ashhaven is factories and general industry, a necessary but disdainful place to us humans, We've all worked on factory floors at some point and come to loathe them and those that run them. Honestly, the council has not even considered moving into Ashhaven, but now that they have made their fear known, we will have to reconsider what to do about them. Rom might get to go off to war after all. First Autumn 4823 Hartwood Half is ours. Not that it is much of a surprise, Radovan was able to oust what was left of the Fae from the area in record time and add the human population to our own. We are growing. We are thriving, and the Fae don't know what to make of it. Treaty requests are coming in from all over the lower wards. Apparently the little Fae fiefdoms don't want to be taken over by us and are trying to seek our favour before we grow more hungry. I say let them stew for a while. Let them sweat and worry about it for a few more spans. They have every reason, in my opinion. I've seen the projections. Our militias are no longer a few humans with axes and bows patrolling our borders. We have nurtured it into an army. An army that is currently finishing up our conquest of Ashhaven. It took a little convincing, but Ram went to lead the campaign. It's been marvellous not hearing him moan these past few spans. Peace and quiet. Enough quiet to make some final decisions on things. Radovan and Lindsay have agreed with me that if we continue these conquests, we will not be as invisible as we once were. If we take Ashhaven, and then Waterline beyond it, the Fey of the neutral wards and the surrounding areas will definitely push back. What have been easy campaigns with minimal casualties will escalate into war. Lindsay is against this, and if Rom were here, I'm sure he would too but Radovan and I are in agreement. We will push till they break, and once they meet us in war, then we show them who we really are. Second Autumn, 4823. Ram has returned from Ashhaven a victorious hero, with perhaps the largest casualty rate of a campaign so far. Apparently the resistance proved more formidable than he assumed. Still, Victory is victory, at this stage, and our population continues to swell. We've redistributed much of Ashhaven and Hartwood, and the next few spans will be a great deal of logistical upheaval, and thus more work for me. Blah. But when it is all done, we will have this Republic working like a well-oiled clock. Now that Ram is back, we were able to bring up the issue regarding the Brownie Doctor. This has been building for a while, but we need to address it. It seems that Ram is actively campaigning for him to be made an official citizen. This is something I am most uncomfortable with. My thoughts are that he is a refugee, not a citizen. 
our struggle is to build a community outside of the Fae. If we begin to bring them in, what is to stop them from taking what we have? But Lindsay has argued that citizenship is a privilege that we can control, and that it may and possibly should be granted due to his good service. If that is so, I submit that a voice in the future Republic may not be part of it. Radovan, blunt as ever, thinks that we could gobbin contract the Brownie for security and loyalty to humanity over the rest of the Fey, and an obligation to teach medicine to others. Ultimately, this is what we decided upon, and our friend, Dr. Ambleston, will undergo a gobbin soul brand to assure his loyalty. My spirit is not right with this, especially now that Radovan has gleefully begun to call the Brownie public property of the Republic. I do not wish to become the thing we sought to escape. I will not allow us to merely switch places with our former captors. We are better than that. True Winter, 4823 I spent the winter season getting to know Dr. Ambleston. He seems a capable and knowledgeable physician, but I still don't trust him. Ram says I'm overreacting, that we are all overreacting, not just about Dr. Ambleston, but about the Fae in general. I'm a little disappointed in Ram. I thought, after all these years together, he'd understand how we felt. But I guess we grew up in two entirely different worlds. I like Dr. Ambleston, but I will not trust him as far as I can throw him, which would be considerable, seeing how small he is. I was happy to oversee the goblin we hired to come and do his soul brand tattoo, but to me, Dr. Ambleston is not public property. He is merely another citizen that needs to have a few more restrictions placed on him, not just for his good, but for the good of us all. The snow looks lovely tonight, but I can't wait for summer to come back. First Summer, 4824 We are feeling the heat of first summer finally, and with the blue skies and warm days comes more excuses to get out into the open air. I took a moment to ride outside in the gardens we had built around the Republic Hall last year, and I must say, they are wonderful. There is an old tree that I like to sit under when I have the time. It's nice sitting there with only my thoughts to keep me company. It gives me time to reflect on what we've built over these past few years. I don't want to jinx it, but I have to say that life here in the Republic is good. It's definitely a better life than I ever had, even when I was a child. Most people don't know, but my family wasn't a poor one, and we never worked in factories or scrounged for scraps like most of the citizens I interact with, but regardless of how poverty-free my childhood was, it still wasn't a happy one. I'm glad that now, in this place we have built, there is enough not just for one, not just for me, but for everyone. Everyone here works, everyone has a place to sleep and a chance to eat. Everyone has a chance to be happy. But to me, the true measure of our success has been the faces I see every day. There is real joy here. Children laughing and playing, adults smiling and greeting each other warmly. We're doing all that we can to make sure this mood keeps its momentum. We've already started public parks and recreational facilities. We've advocated for the arts recently, setting up programs for new works of art by humans, music, theatre, paintings. So much is going on, and yet Lindsay and the council have decided to give me some time off. Maybe they are right. Maybe I have been working too hard lately. They gave me two spans to go and relax somewhere, and I'm assuming it's not under this tree. I think I will go to the countryside in Harbourhaven and see if maybe I can find this relaxation thing everyone is talking about. Middle Spring, 4824 I'm sorry for not writing in so long. Life became increasingly busy these past seasons. I can hardly believe that my last entry was before I went to Harbourhaven. My time in Harbourhaven went by far too quickly, and I had no time or really any desire to make official recordings of it. There are some things that I want to keep to myself, even in a personal record. 
let us just say that it was magical. Wonderful? Can we even say magical anymore? I apologize. Council meetings have just ended for the day and my mind is still on work. We had our final vote on a bit of legislature that has been in the works for about a year and a half. For good or for ill, we passed a law making public displays of magical prowess illegal. It was an overwhelming vote by the repres as well as the council. Only Rom spoke out vocally against it. Me? I'm not sure I agree with the actual spirit of it, but I could see which way the canal ran on this one. Being in the majority is the perfect place to hide, as my father used to say. Rom and his faction of half are deeply dissatisfied with the current that this canal is running on, though. They have started to talk about protesting their unequal treatment. It's a disturbing thought. Are we really treating them unfairly? Are they justified in protesting us as if we were fae? Is this how the fae felt when we rioted, protested, showed our dissent? Lindsay and Radovan think that Ram is attempting to garner sympathy by being dramatic, that his people are short-sighted, but I can only imagine what they must think of us. I'm left to wonder if, in the end, were we really that different from the fae to begin with? Did we just assume that we were so different that there was no room for compromise? I don't know. I need to think about all this. First Autumn, 4824. Short message today. Rom's faction continues to escalate their displeasure. Radovan has suggested using force to get them in line. The newest line of long and short armaments we have been developing have arrived for the army, and he thinks that Rom and his insurrectionists, as he calls them, are a perfect test case. We voted him down, though, but just barely. The army, now being called the Might of the Dragon, Mightingers by most of us, hold Radovan in high esteem. They are almost fanatical about him, him and the dragon. I worry about this devotion they show him, and in turn I worry about Radovan's devotion to the dragon. He has started a trend where he scars his arms and face in a scale motif. Most of the scales, what we are calling individual soldiers, do the same. It's almost become a rite of passage, and a gruesome one at that. I tried to talk to Lindsay about it, but she has warned me to leave well enough alone. She's rarely this direct with me anymore. I barely see her outside council meetings due to her study regime. She's been studying the dragon texts non-stop, funding digs and expeditions to try and find more evidence for her god. She's almost as fanatical as Radovan is. By all that is good in the world, what is happening to us? Latter Spring, 4824. The Wither Engine project has been sabotaged. Last year, we salvaged a weather engine that crashed into our territory. Since that time, we've been trying to repair it with the intention of perhaps using it as an implement of defense. Ram has had a team of engineers and mechanicals working on it since we found it. It's been slow going, but he told us he was making progress. He had outlined a plan to make copies of the engine and implement them as the first step in a weather wall. We have had entire sections of our defenses hinging on this success. To now know that he had planned this entire time. Did I ever really know him? His group has sabotaged their own project literally the night before we were set to test it. This feels so calculated and demanding. They didn't even try to hide what they'd done. He came into the council chambers for our meeting and announced what he did to our faces. I was livid. Luckily, my aide, Marta, was able to get a sound cylinder on to record a snippet as I was too engrossed in the discussion to write down a transcript of our words. Listening to it again only brings back my anger, but I need to have this down to remember. What do you want? What was the point of all this? Time. That's all we want. We want more time for peaceful negotiations. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we're, we're not at war here. No, no, we're not at war, but we're trying to go to war. We've already taken an entire section of the tent. We've taken these things people will notice, and when they notice, they'll come for us. Friends, they've already noticed. And we may not be at war, but this is an act of war. Are you, are you saying that what we've done is an act of war? Yes. Unquestionably. Is it because we're fey? Is that why you're saying it? 
Is because absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Then if this is what is this what you want? You have to tell me if this is what you want. If it gets rid of you, yes, it's what I want. Hold on! Stop this now! Do it, Radovan! I'm not the one who brought magic in. Magic has always been here. It's something maybe you've tried to not think it is, but it has always been here, and it will always be here. Do you think, do you think, do you think if they cut through the red tape tomorrow, the United Pact would not come and wipe out everything we've done? Everything. They're welcome to try. They're welcome to try. I think that we have, we are ready. I, th- I think we're ready. We, we are ready to defend our home, but we are not ready, nor are we interested in open conflict at this juncture. It is, that is a, no. that is an act we, of we, necessity. We are willing to, we, we are ready to defend our home. This entire land is our home. Yes. I agree. They are outsiders. The first ward is our home. And slowly but surely, we will get there. But we cannot just sprint as we are learning to walk. And this is not the time nor the place for a duel. He threatened me. In open council, you heard it. Everyone heard it. I was merely defending myself. He didn't pull an arm on you. And he won't. And he shall not. Otherwise, he is a criminal to be put down. This is a safe and sacred space. We have done such good work here, and we will continue to do good work here because our unity is our strength. There can be no doubt about that. Everything we've accomplished in only a year's time. But look, what you've done is you've taken away an advantage that we had that we could know that should anything unexpected happen, should say another couple random cyclones come down, this this is our future. And 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 did, must you act before bringing it to council? The council would have said no. It is better to yes. Uh, the council would have said no. Look, we're being heard, and I feel that's something that we have not been. Oh please! No 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 no! It's because we are Fey, as our our friend has kindly said we are half fey that is something we will always have and it was something that we we were second class in amengrad and we are second class here so we are caught in both places we would like to be heard we are now being heard as far as this council is concerned you have human blood in you that fact alone has ostracized you from the entire uh, world at large, that makes you of equal footing to us. You are human to me, though you are something else as well. You can be both. And we respect and honor that. That is good to hear. As soon as you bring magic into the equation, you no longer stand on equal footing. Then. And you cede your humanity. Then. Oh. <sighs> that is to deny a part of ourselves. We will not do that. But. For respect for the council, respect for this room, respect for this body. I will not, and we will not, we promise to do that, and we apologize formally for that. And that will not happen again. So, we now have more time. That's all I'm saying. If I, you know what I would like, I would like to present before the delegation that I, that we, as a group, extend some form of of peace, some sort of olive branch to the United Pact, to the Accordance, in some way, shape, or form. I am willing to be... Maybe they want be, their children back. I'm sorry? Maybe they want their children back. I am seeking to uh, cease their, their obvious hostilities and their obvious building of arms against us. That do, you, it, do you have reconnaissance information? No, but I would like to see if that is a p- thing that is going on. And if it is, to cease that, dis- that hostility with them, to talk to them about that. Y- you believe they would simply admit it? Maybe, possibly not. It will take some subterfuge, obviously. Subterfuge we can agree to. Okay, subterfuge. How? You want to find out what they're doing, walk into the United Pact, and ask them nicely to change their mind? I would like to try. I know I haven't exactly had the, the coolest head in all of this, and this is not going to come across well, but... 
what we what we are proposing is that we take the people who have destroyed our greatest defense against the Fey, and then send them with the information that they have on us into the heart of their territory? You want to soul brand me so that I won't give any of your information away? I will gladly well, accept that. can that. be the only condition of this if we were to create a network of subterfuge, then soul brands are the only way that we can be certain about what is or isn't true. We can also repair some of the damage that we did to the I think that'll be part of the soul brand. No, I will do that gladly on my own. That's fair. Fine, fine. But making a symbol of peace to the United Pact, we must be careful in considering this. Strength must be shown. But strength can be achieved both offensively and defensively. We must subsist on our own and show our strength, and if they are to regard us with any degree of respect, it will be because we have cut ourselves off from them and are achieving something great on our own. That our human innovation will dazzle them, and they'll say to themselves, oh, what if we had done this long ago? Think of where we would all be mm. if we had not squashed humanity. I accept that. It will, um, I, I see that a, a olive branch, a uh, peace accord with them is uh, premature. If it is the will of the council, I will happily go and find out what's going on with them surreptitiously. With the soul brand. Sure. With a soul brand, then. It's settled? Settled. True Winter, 4824. True Winter has arrived again, and it has been a season since our heated meeting with Rom. He and his delegation have sent word to us that they arrived in the United Pact, but have not made themselves known to the High Command there. I am still angry about his sabotage of the Wither Engines. It was a childish move, and I feel it deserves equally childish anger. I hope he's sleeping on a dirt floor right now. Maybe that will bring his ship down a few hundred feet. Since his departure, we've gotten the first batch of Wither Engines repaired and up to their defensive positions. They are simple things, much simpler than the full Wither Engines we saw in my youth. I did not realize they can only create rainstorms, but the cloud front it has produced puts one more layer between us and the rest of the city, and for that, I thank the dragon. The plan is to continue making sections of the wall as we go, but it will take possibly years to complete. No matter what I currently think of Rom, the plan for this weather wall is a good one. I just wish he had come to us and told us his grievances. But at the same time, I guess he did, in his own way. That he felt he was forced to stoop that low to get our attention speaks more about us than it does about him. We're having a Moonlight Eve party here in the hall tonight. Back in the old days, a Moonlight Eve was exclusively for the Fae to revel and debauch themselves. Lindsay suggested a year or so ago that we instead make Moonlight Eve a time of remembering all the humans whose lives were cut short by that debauchery and callousness. We light candles, we sing songs, we have good food, and we talk of those that came before us. I never talk about him out loud, but I think about my father during the festivities. I wonder what happened to him. End of episode. Thank you for listening to Warda, which was created by Ali Grauer and Drew Merzieski. Warda is a proud part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Other fine One Shot podcasts include Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Bolter create characters in multiple RPGs with prominent guests from the game's community. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth for a different game with new guests each series. 
They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. In this episode of Warda, Lindsay Seamshire was played by Cap Blackard. Radovan was played by Nitai. Ram Sionis was played by Drew Merzieski. And Catherine Clark was played by Allie Grauer. The music for Warda was written by Arnie Parrott, who can be found at atptunes.com. Additional background music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Sounds were provided by various user uploads on freesound.org. To learn more about Warda, visit welcometowarda.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Welcome to Warda. You can support what we do here by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash whimsyartifice. That's all for now. Thank you for listening.